Hey, how's it going? Podcast number 15. So, I'm not going to give this one a title. I might I'll obviously give it a title once I've decided after the podcast. But for now, it's just podcast number 15. I'm going, stripping it back and going back to where I started again with podcasts being um, just off the cuff. And there's, there's a few things. I listened to past podcast number 14, coming back, the getting getting back into the swing of things, as I called it. Because it was kind of me getting back into the swing, getting back into the routine of uh, things that I'd been away from for a week just because I had a short break while I was working. But it was um, also the topic of the podcast of how do you get back into the swing of things or, you know, if you do have a bit of a break, I was talking about dips in your, your regime and stuff like that. How do you get back on it? Um, but I don't think I explored it massively. Um, and there's a few things that I've thought about since where, I've, you know, I couldn't really mention a lot of things. Um, the fact that I started up my own business, um, I'm a football manager, as some of you will know if you've listened before, um, a lot of different things in life, getting back into the gym again and, and, you know, just trying to be more healthy, trying to have a more positive outlook on things. Um, I suppose being more loving in a way to, to the world and things around you instead of, um, carrying around a lot of negativity and sometimes that seems hard because other people around you are, I don't feel the same way and it's hard to be positive when you're around a lot of negativity and you don't always have to be positive I'm not saying that that's something you can do all the time because if you're being like falsely positive then that's that's a negative anyway because you can't always sometimes you know you can take the high road and kill someone with kindness which is something that uh, it's a saying that I've heard my missus say quite a lot. My wife, she she says her way of kind of counteracting people is just by killing them with kindness and saying something in a positive way instead of biting back to something somebody said that's negative, which is good. And I kind of understand. Me, I, I struggle with doing that because I'm quite an outspoken person and I do say my mind. I feel like if you don't, then you're not being true to yourself. So... At the same time as trying to be positive, sometimes it's not it's not healthy to be a fake positive. You know, if you if there's something that has to be said, if somebody's saying something that you don't agree with, it's against your sort of morals or whatever. Sometimes things have to be said, um, but you don't have to go too far in one direction. You don't have to start, you know, really slamming them down and swearing at them and you know getting too aggressive. Um, maybe you can bring them down to your level and just get somebody to see through your point of view. Give your point of view. Some people in life, you'll just never, you'll never be able to sort of change their perspective. Some people are just the way they are and what they say and what they believe is, is that that's it. There's, there's nothing else. Um, you know, that's just life. That's just what some people are. I, I know many people like that. Um, some people you may actually say something to and it's happened to me you know I've learned a lot of lessons in the past where somebody will say something to me um against something that I've said and I think you know what actually quite right very very good point I take that on board uh, and I think that's the best way we can be because nobody's perfect nobody knows everything so it's definitely a, a good starting point to at least be open-minded and believe in you know at least to just take other people's sort of points and 
Um, it can be in any situation. Any, it could be about anything. You could be just talking about politics, for instance, which is something that came up the other day in a conversation with a group of friends. I try and stay away from it because I do have kind of a, a thing about politics where I think, you know, there's, there's a lot going on at the minute. Brexit is, is massive. There's a lot of talk about that. Um, and that's kind of deals are starting to be made now. It's took a long time. Um, and people have got some a lot of big views on that. And you've got views on both sides. You know, people wanted to leave the EU. Some people didn't want to leave the EU. It was quite a close vote, um, but the majority went to leave. And the thing is, as much as we can have our opinions on it, I don't feel like it's going to change anything that's, that's about to happen. What's going to happen is going to happen. Um, things like this have happened in the past. Many things have happened within, within Parliament um, that people have not been happy with or um, changes of, uh, of government, you know, even, there's never, there's never sort of one way. There's, you're never going to please everybody. And I always think to myself, um, if, if voting, I mean, I have, I have voted for certain reasons, but not because I want a certain party to be um, elected for whatever reason, because I feel like there's just good and bad in everything. And the whole system in my opinion, completely flawed because you've got your left and your right and, and the, there's never a middle ground between them. It isn't like they can have... These are supposed to be some of the, the smartest people in, in, the, in the country. And what really annoys me is the fact that they can't have a civil conversation. You see them in the House of Parliament, they get up on the microphone and they say what they have to say and they're very aggressive and their point is their point and that's it. Um, I often hear things on the radio and it'll say, Theresa May has got this opinion on X, Y, Z. And what always follows from that is the Labour Party have said that this is a terrible idea because of ABC. Um, A different party, Scottish National Party or whatever, everybody always has to have a counter-argument for this new idea, what this other party has come up with. Uh, these are supposed to be the most intelligent people in the country. Why don't they all sit down at a table, fresh it out and say, do you know what? Actually, what you said there, I take out on board. That is a really good idea. There's parts of that that I wouldn't mind changing. What do you think to this? Where can we meet in the middle? And the problem is that will never, ever happen, which is why it's such a flawed system. And I try not to get involved too much in conversations with friends because it's only going to get into a bit of an argument or a debate because everybody has their own opinions. And my, the thing with me is what, with, with voting and stuff like that, um, something I've heard in the past is, and I kind of stick to and I really believe, is that if your vote really did count, then we wouldn't be allowed to vote. <laughs> that's kind of, that's my opinion on it. Now, a lot of you might disagree, you know, and, and you, can, you can have your opinion. But in my mind, that is one of the things. Now, what I did do... Um, on the latest election, when it when it was a vote um, for power, and it was sort of Theresa May versus Jeremy Corbyn, it was Conservatives versus Labour. I didn't want the Conservatives to have the majority vote, so purposefully I voted. And I know we don't, you know, it can be a little bit of one of them subjects you don't talk about your voting, but that's up to me, and I'm going to explain why. I voted for Labour, and the reason why I voted for Labour is because what I was actually voting for was a hung parliament. Because I do want there to be the, the argument for and against. You know, I don't want it to be all kind of one way. 
I don't want it to be almost a dictatorship, if you like. So I feel like there's got to be seats from other parties uh, within, um, you know, the, the kind of majority. And I don't know enough about Parliament and the government and the, the goings-on. Um, maybe I could educate myself a little bit more, but I just feel like I don't know enough about it. I know what I know, um, and I really don't feel like the, my vote has too much of an influence. And actually, I did make, make that vote, and we got a hung Parliament, which... Is what I was after, so I kind of achieved what I was looking for. Uh, maybe a lot of other people were thinking the same thing. I don't know. I mean, yeah, fair enough. There would have been a lot of people wanting Labour to come into power because of certain things that were going on, and they believe that a lot of people believe Labour are for the people, um, which if they were and they're 100% and you knew that they got into power and that's what they were for, then I would vote for them, yeah, because this the government should be run by the people, really. Not one person can do that job. You know, that's why that's another downfall. I know they have a lot of people within, you know, around them, but you've got that the prime minister, that one person, a number 10, that person that's making the decisions. Like I say, they have a cabinet with them, but their decision is their decision at the end of the day. If they don't want to be swayed by what other people are saying, then they don't have to be. Um, and one person can't have all that power. It just will not work. You will never get the result. And if we are a democracy, then the, the people should, in my opinion, be running the country, which we're obviously not, because you look at the referendum, um, people voted to leave the EU, and David Cameron didn't agree with that and left. He, he, he left his position as prime minister. Now, instead of being like, well, this is what the public have chosen, it's not what I wanted, but... The government is for the people. The government, we are here to give the people what they want. So I'm going to stay on, take on board what you've said, and we're going to leave the EU. And even though I didn't want to do this, we're going to do this in the most successful and cleanest possible way and give you what you agree with, what you want, and agree with the people. Um, but he didn't. He didn't do that. He just stood down, which for me was a, a shitty move. Um, yeah, Theresa May's come into power and now she's having to deal with it. And I think she's had a lot of stick. I don't remember anybody who's come into Parliament as, as the Prime Minister and had to deal with as much stuff in a short space of time as what she has. There's a hell of a lot of stuff going on. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't like to be in her shoes. It can't be an ideal position. Um, I know a lot of people would love to be Prime Minister and think that they can run the country, but I don't think one person ever can. And like I said, the system itself is such a age-old system. It's flawed. It just doesn't live up to what I would expect it to be. You know, for this day and age, people, we have a voice, you know, and that's being made more, more heard now than ever with the likes of social media, the ease of... Um, in the ease of being able to put our opinions and voices out there. Um, it's, it's never been so easy and it gets picked up on, you know, something, somebody will say something and somebody can speak who's quite intelligent and who has a very valid opinion on something, who's quite educated and knows a lot about um, the goings on within Parliament, can put a video out there online and it can go viral and it can reach millions of people in the country 
and millions of people will hang on to that and them words that are, have been put out and be inspired by it and, and, and sort of put their voice out there and have their own opinions and these things will reach government, you know? These things, there would have been a time where you would not have been able to put your point across to the Prime Minister. And you can literally do that through your phone making a video now if you if you do something in the right way and what you're saying makes a lot of sense. So now more than ever, we are... Um, we have a voice, we have a big enough voice to be able to reach out there and, and, and yeah, just basically get our opinions out to the Prime Minister, to the government, to everybody, all these different members of Parliament. And especially with your local MPs and stuff like that, you can get in touch quite, quite easily with. So this day and age now, the way things have moved, technology and the way people see things and they understand things better, we definitely should have more involvement. So this age-old system is massively flawed, and that's my problem with, with the government. And that's why I have this, what's the word? Uh, this attachment, disattachment with, um, with that, because I don't want to get too involved. I don't feel like I, I believe in what's going on. I don't feel like the things that we do say and the things that we are trying to um, achieve as a country are getting through and that's not because we're not able to reach them it's because it's falling on deaf ears and they're just doing what they want to do so proving the point that it doesn't matter about the vote you know, they give you that, that right to vote you know, that's our right now that's what people fought in the in the war for and we should respect um we should have that right because of all those people that have died fighting to stay our own country, um, yeah, I don't believe that, that we do get that. They've given us the vote, they give us the ballot and all that sort of stuff to let us believe that we have that democracy. Yeah, I don't think that it matters which way you vote. When somebody comes into power, it all changes. I mean, you only have to look look back at uh, where the Lib Dems and, and the Conservatives were in, in power together. Um, and see what the Lib Dems were saying about scrapping tuition fees and stuff like that. They got the vote. They got the vote of the young voters. You know, they brought all these young voters on. Like, a lot of voting was when you're sort of 18 year old. I know I wasn't voting at that age, 18, 19, 20, going to early 20s. We're talking about kids going to you know, further education, getting into universities and stuff. The Lib Dems said they would scrap tuition fees if they got into power. And they got that young vote from those people who were going into university or already in the university or even people that have got, that are older, that know that their children want to be going into university. They got that vote. Yet they got into power and tuition fees went up something ridiculous like treble. How outrageous is that? You know, and that's the reason why you can't believe in, in what they're telling you. It's complete shit. Um, they'll tell you you can have this and we're going to do that and we're going to make the country better by giving you more jobs and all these things to sort of bait you in, to get that vote from you. And then they just do what they want to do anyway once they're in power. They forget all that stuff. And that's kind of disgusting. So that's why I kind of keep my distance and I don't want to get too involved with that kind of stuff because I don't want that negative energy. And I just think that we don't have any control over it anyway when it does happen, the Brexit thing. A lot of people had certain things in mind. Um, I think 
closing the borders was a thing. And it wasn't all about because people coming from different countries and taking our jobs. You know, I'm a, I'm a working class guy living in the UK and I know what it's about. I know what the kind of, the, the, the people that are on my level were really thinking. It was the fact that people coming over from different countries were living off the benefits. The, the system, um, what is supposed to help us, that if we do lose a job, um, we need then benefits in place so that um, for the, the short period of time where we're not working, we can actually still pay bills and things like that. People are coming over into the country and taking, and not everybody, don't get me wrong, I ain't tarring everybody with the same brush. Listen, I'm, I come from a Hungarian descendant. My dad is Hungarian. He came over in the revolution. They revolted against Russia. Russia were trying to take control of the country. And, um, you know, they, they had to fight back. There wasn't big enough to take on the Russian army. There was a lot of things that went on. They had to literally sleep in cemeteries because the Russians were, um, they, they were, um, what's the word? It just gone straight out of my head. Uh, superstitious about uh, going into cemeteries and things like that. Dead people, you know, they didn't like it. They wouldn't do it. So my dad had to, with his with his parents, with his siblings and cousins and whatever else, aunties and uncles, they had to sleep in cemeteries uh, to hide from them, uh, get to the borders, to, to get to a different country for for safety more than anything. There wasn't coming over here to take from the benefit system, which is what a lot of a, a lot of that's been going on. And as I say, that's not everybody. Um, my my parents, my dad, my his dad, um, his his brothers and sisters and things like that. They didn't get anything when they came over. They they lived in they they lived in a, a lot of hardship, um, not eating for days and you know having to make their own way, coming up and living in in um, in hostels and things like that in care homes. Um, had to make their own way in life, learn a language and just get on with it. Um, but you know, they were just trying to live, really. They got away from being being killed. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, people coming into the country not wanting to work is is basically the main thing. Uh, it's great that people come into the country, they want to make a way of life for themselves and work and put money back into the country, keep it circulating within the country and not sending it out. That's absolutely fine. You know, multiculturalism is amazing. I love it. You know, the different types of food we get, um, everything really. We take we take a lot of um, things from different cultures, whether it be fashion, um, you know, cuisine, as I've just mentioned. So many different things. Way, way of life. You know, without multiculturalism, I think we'd be very boring as a country. Um, and you see it all the time, you know, and there's like, so many restaurants about and stuff like that. Everybody loves a trying a different restaurant, you know, whether it's Greek or it's Indian, uh, Chinese, Thai, all these different things that we get. And that's all from multiculturalism. Our country uh, wouldn't be the same without it. Many countries wouldn't be the same. So it's not about close the borders, don't let anybody in. Now, that's just ridiculous if you think that that's what I'm talking about. I'm literally just talking about, you know, the reason why I believe. I mean, I didn't vote on this, but I think the, you know, from what I hear, conversations that I've had, a lot of people just don't like the fact that people, as working class people, it's hard to to live a, you know, to, to make a good life for yourself because bills are high. You know, we're having to pay um, really high 
in, with when it comes to rental properties and stuff like that in this country. Um, because the housing market has crashed quite a few years back and it, it's now become very, very hard for first-time buyers to get onto the, the housing, the property market. So um, the wealthier people have taken advantage of that and it's pushed the, the, the cost of renting up. It's just the, the cost of living has gone up. Um, wages haven't increased much, but the cost of living goes up. Everything goes up. You know, just your groceries, you know, everything. Anything you can think of has risen over the past 10 years that you have to pay for. Yet, yeah, I bet your wages have risen not even um, 1% of the kind of the, the, the value of everything else. It's, it's just the way that, that it is. And we've got to get on with it and try and make a good life for ourselves. And I think a lot of people are angry at the fact that people are getting money given to them for free and being given housing for free and things like that when they've put nothing into the country in the first place. And don't get me wrong, there's people who live in the country that get all that as well, that have never worked a day in their lives and stuff. And that's another another issue um, that needs to be sorted by the government. And that's nothing to do with people coming in from different... But I meet people all the time, uh, Polish people, people working hard, putting in, you know, as, as many hours as God sends at work to make a good life for himself in this country. That's fair play. I mean, I went to Spain for a year and I was planning on making a life for myself out there. In the end, it didn't work out for various reasons, but I went to somebody else's country and I was still earning money and trying to make a life for myself and, and I wasn't doing it for any other other reason apart from that, you know, it, it's a nice country, the, the weather's good, it, it just seemed like a nice way of life. I like their way of life. Um, but I had respect for them, you know. I wasn't trying to take anything back out of the country. Um, I learned quite a bit of the Spanish language because I felt like that was something I had to do. I can't go into a different country and expect them as, as you know, as sort of um, big as the English language is. As, as, uh, they, they say it's, um, they say it's a, a language that is... I can't even remember the bloody word now. Sorry, but this is the podcast. And already I've just gotten into it, straight bitten into it. I'm gone with it and I've got into talking about all this. But yeah, it's um, universal language is what they say about the English language. A lot of people from a lot of different countries know English. But for me, it's disrespectful if you go into a different country and just expect that they can speak English. So that was the reason why really I, when I went to Spain, I did my best to learn as much Spanish as possible to get by out of respect more than anything, as well as it being a good thing. I mean, I like, I'd love to learn as many languages as possible. It'd be great. Um, I don't know how good I'd be at that now at 33 years old at learning new languages, but I would definitely give it a go if it was something that I felt was beneficial and show sort of a sign of respect to the, the people of that country as well. But yeah, just going on what people have said, that's, that's what a lot of it comes down to. Um, I don't, I'm not, I don't think it's racism. I don't, I want to stay away from that because I don't think people are racist. Um, or at least the majority of people are not racist, you know? Um, we, you know, we use a lot of different services and eat different cuisine from, that come from, um, these different backgrounds, you know? I know a lot of Asian people, I've got Asian family myself own shops, own uh, taxi services and stuff like that. We use them services. Um, 
like I said, with food, you know, there's all different types of cuisine and people are coming over from different countries and opening their restaurants and things. I don't think people are racist like that. I just think, I think we respect that what they, what they do and what they bring, as long as they're kind of, you know, respectful back to the country. And a lot of videos that you see on social media and stuff of people coming through the borders and showing a lot of disrespect for the country, um, only taking and not giving back or, I see a lot of stuff, and I don't know how much of it's real, but people coming over um, and they're, they're sort of attacking other people, people that, you know, English people that live in, the, or even in, in, in places like France and stuff. And you're seeing people coming over, groups of gangs of men and stuff, and they're attacking. And I don't know how much of it's real. Um, so I don't want to say that, you know, that's definitely happening. But what I do know is people are seeing this and then they're believing it. So then they're going, oh, we, we can't let this happen. You know, and that's a lot of what this whole Brexit thing was about. Yet, I don't think um, when the deal is done that that's going to kind of be where the government um, lay their priorities. So my point is in all of this, um, it's not anything to do with what I've decided when it comes down to um, leaving the EU or, or whatever. Um, basically my point is that, um, I don't think what you want, what you're hoping for, what you expect is going to happen. I think it's just one of them things. I think you will, um, find that the government will do what they want to do. And and that's that, um, our voices aren't counting. The system is flawed. And that's my, that's my whole, uh, opinion on the government. And I don't know really where it started, where I got onto it, but as I've said to you in the past, this is, this is my podcast and I want it to be raw and, and off the cuff as, as ever, because that's where I've started. That's where I've built the following. Um, and I, and I don't want to start, you know, writing too much and making uh, topics and going into, I don't want to cover old ground. And I know that a lot of people are really interested in positivity and that's where, and I think a lot of the titling is where the listeners come from. People start listening to you when they they find that title of the podcast something that they think's interesting. Um, so it's a bit of an odd one for me because obviously I want people to listen. I want people to continue to listen. But how do, do I have to grab them with a really exciting title or something? Um, I hope not. I hope I could just build a following and keep the, the topics diverse and talk about many different things. Um, the positivity thing is great. Like I'm just going, I'm going back to where I started now, but false positivity isn't the way forward because that isn't true that you're not being yourself. So I'm not trying to, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to force it upon anybody to just be positive when, when you can't be. Um, but the best way of, of doing it in my opinion is to try use positivity in a certain way. So if there is a situation arises that, makes you unhappy um you know there's somebody in your life that is kind of grating on you somebody you're at work with i don't know instead of getting too aggressive and fighting back too hard give them your, your point of view give them your opinion do it in a positive manner and just explain to them that why you're not happy with what it is they've been saying or the way they've been acting try to be positive rather than negative and it and and it kind of turning itself into something um, bigger than it needs to be, if you like. You know, I don't I don't think it's a great idea to blow something up even bigger than it needs to be. Um, so that's where I wanted to talk about the positive positivity side. Now, 
what I want to talk about next after a uh, brief interlude is things that I think I, I kind of missed out on actually on the last podcast. Things to do with, it was about, uh, the last podcast was about getting back into the swing, right? And that, that's more revolved around myself being away for a week and how I've got back into the training and my diet getting back on point and stuff like that which I will kind of go into just in, if you're interested and you've wondered how I've continued with that I will talk about um, but yeah it's more to do with a few points what I've made that I could have made in that one um, which I think will be interesting to pick up on um, and that's really to do with um, you know people being sort of having anxiety about certain things and wanting to do new things and not sort of knowing how to do that or, you know, there's there's always kind of something just holding us back, something in our minds. Um, and I, particularly with myself, um, I can talk about the podcast, you know, where I started with a podcast, I was in that kind of mindset. I can talk about starting a new business and how it was something in my mind for a long time, but taking that leap of faith was really hard. Um, I didn't really look at that in the last podcast enough, really. There was, there's many examples what I could have come up with, which just didn't enter my mind at that, that moment. And that's one of the reasons that being is that I, I haven't sat down and, and put this together in a certain way. Um, I haven't written anything down. I've just started speaking as I'm driving, as I do. And that's, yeah, that's something definitely I'm going to come on to in a minute. So quick break and I'm back with you. Hi, I'm back. So apologies there. I had to take a brief interlude, but that was actually a whole day for me because what happened was I got to the job that I was starting. I thought I'll kind of pick up after that, um, but it took a little bit longer than I thought. And then after I had some calls to make and things, so I thought I'll just leave it. And I've just picked up in the morning. So this is a new day. I've been to the gym this morning, feeling great. Um, it's good to just keep plugging on with it. As I've been saying to you, this is something that I want to do as a lifestyle change and something I'm kind of trying to encourage you guys to do as well. Um, so the fact that I'm trying to encourage you to do it, it'd be very hypocritical of me if I didn't do it myself. So the great thing about this podcast is not just that I'm sort of being spurred on um, by myself, but I'm being spurred on by you guys because I feel like I've, there's a bit of an obligation there now to keep this up and, you know brilliant for me because I want to keep it up um, so that any extra sort of inspiration which is you um, is great and you'll just have to bear with me a second to take a taking time out to order a quick coffee so this is what we do this is how raw we are how real we are just pulled into a McDonald's drive-thru why seem to take ages to uh, come to the thing now don't they so bear with me while I wait I need this morning coffee. I mean, I feel great from the gym, but just to give me that boost to crack on with the rest of the day, I have to get this coffee down me. Morning. Can I get a large latte, please? That's all, thank you. Cheers. And that's that ordered. So now we'll drive around. Visualising this in your head, aren't you? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Good morning, thank you very much. Thank 
Uh, I hope you're not bored by this. I'm thinking maybe you know this is a little something different. You don't hear this very often in podcasts. Somebody ordering a coffee whilst they're uh, driving on the way to the job. That's what my podcast is about. If you're new to the podcast, welcome along. So what it is is that I started doing this just because I get a lot of time to drive. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, so I get a lot of time to uh, think. Thank you very much. And I spend a lot of time in the van driving around to long on long commutes to jobs. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. Um, obviously, as you can tell by the name, I take a lot of inspiration from Joe Rogan. Um, just really because of, you know, the, there's a lot of common interests and the things that he speaks about and the things that he likes and stuff. So that's one of the main reasons why I, I was inspired by him. But I do listen to other podcasts as well. I listen to uh, a wide range of podcasts, depending on the mood. Um, sometimes it's just nice to have something uh, comical. Um, so things like the, because I'm into my football, I like listening to Peter Crouch's podcast. That's a, a new one that's come out. And uh, I think that's on the BBC. It's, it's something to do with the BBC anyway. But yeah, that podcast, great podcast. If you've not listened, if you're into football, if you know Peter Crouch, um, yeah, I suggest you give it a listen. It's a really good podcast. Uh, and I had that the same sort of uh, vibe with um, Freddie Flintoff and uh, Robbie Savage. They did one, and um, that was a couple of years back now. But that was a really good one. It's just a, it's quite a comical. But I like the stories. You know, sportsmen have great stories. Um, it's just all the dressing room banter and the palaver that goes on. Some great stories of nights out and and things that happen in training sessions and whatnot. It's brilliant to hear because you never really see that. It's not publicised because, well, there's obviously a lot of people out there that kind of frown upon certain things, which actually leads me on to something. I was watching um, I was watching a video the other day, and it's a guy that's got his phone out at his hotel, and um, I'm not sure what Deli Alley and Ross Barkley were doing at five in the morning, but not that that's anybody's business. Um, but they were, I think they was having a bit of a, you know, a bit of an argument or something with the reception, the hotel reception staff, for whatever reason. And somebody had filmed it, no doubt sold it to the tabloids. And, um, yeah, just, it was made a massive thing of, like, oh, England players, what are they doing? Why are they, why are they up at five in the morning? This, that, and the other. And do you know what? They're, they're human beings at the end of the day. I mean, the fact that they are kind of in the public eye makes this such a big thing because... I've seen a lot of crap happening around five o'clock in the morning. Um, a lot worse than having a bit of an argument with uh, with some hotel staff. So I just think like things like that, it, they're a little bit ridiculous. You like give the guys a break. And that's why I like hearing these podcasts because you get to hear some of the stuff that they wouldn't come out with because people would suddenly be like, oh, that's not how you should conduct yourself. You're a footballer. You represent England. Well, yeah, they're a footballer. They play in the Premier League. Um, they might be representing England when they're out on that pitch, but they're still human beings. They're still normal people. And you look at like Ross Barkley, Deli Ali, the, the whole of the England team that we've got now really are very young lads. Um, and they haven't, they haven't had the life that a lot of the young teenage lads have had, like myself, you know, being able to go out and get drunk and do the things that you do when you're a teenager, you know, I'm sure... They were very strict in, you know, trying to become the pro athletes and the football players that they are today. Um, so 
you know, they're going to want to let their hair down now and again. They had a, an amazing match against uh, Croatia, which was for me, I mean, basically what they've done, if you're not into football, they've done this kind of, I don't even know what it's called, but it's a UEFA League Cup or something like that. I can't, I can't remember now. Um, so, but it's basically, it's the U- European teams in in groups. So it's all it's it's very similar to a, a World Cup or a, or a European Cup. Um, so they're in groups, but they're in they're set in groups, which are based on rankings. So instead of you getting some of your lower league teams, look, let's take like San Marino, always seem to get beat like anywhere between seven and ten nil every time they play because they put ten men behind the ball, they've got nothing attacking, and they're just trying to they're just trying to absorb anything and and they're never really going to get forward and get any goals. They're just trying to stop goals. And, and the reason for that is because a lot of them are still, you know, they've still got normal jobs. They're postmen, they're bakers, accountants, lawyers, whatever. You know, they've, they've all got normal jobs, day-to-day jobs. So this is kind of a part-time thing, what they're doing. They don't play like in the Premier League every week like our team do. So it's one of them, um, it's one of them where in, in the sort of World Cup or the European Cup, what will happen is they'll just get chucked into a, I don't know if it's a computer or if they actually get picked out by people. They do the, the lottery ball things where they pick them out. But then they'll get picked out. And then San Marino could get picked out with a team, say it was a World Cup like Brazil. And they could be in the same group. Now, obviously, they stand no chance. And they don't stand much of a chance against many teams, in all honesty. But the way they've worked this out is, so they've done it, basically replacing friendlies, which I think is great anyway, because friendlies are a little bit boring. They, they don't mean anything. They've actually given this meaning. They've made a semi-finals and a finals out of it. Um, so it's almost like a filling the gap between the World Cup and the European Cup. Um, you know, so the Euros. So it's it's a good thing for football fans anyway, especially. Um, so, yeah, as I was saying, what they're doing is the grouping... Each so from A to whatever, let's say F. Um, so Group One A will be so we had England, Spain, and Croatia. Group One B would be Portugal, Holland, and whoever else. All you know, all the top teams in in Europe um, will be in A. Then in B, you'll get the next kind of set of teams down. Maybe Denmark. Switzerland, maybe them sort of teams, and then you've got C, and it'll keep. They'll just go down the ladder, go down the rankings, and then eventually you've got your San Marinos who are in there with I don't know, Lithuan, Lithuania or something like that. You know, some a team that are, are low rated. I don't know the world rankings of football off the top of my head, but you kind of get my gist. So it makes it better, and it actually gives these chance these these teams, like, especially when we talk about like Wales and Ireland and stuff like that as well. You know, Great Britain, as a, as a British person, you want them to do well. So they're getting a chance to sort of progress. And what happens is, so the teams in the top group, which were England, Spain, Croatia, I've just said, England played Croatia. Now, what I liked about this was this this game was, the permutations of it were ridiculous for us to get through or to stay in that league. Because what happens is the teams at the top in the A groups, if they finish top, they will go into a semi-final draw with one of the other A-group teams that finished top. Um, and then, obviously, the other two A-group teams, the top of their ones, go into the other semi-finals. They'll play it out for the final place and then, obviously, a final. But 
if you if you finish second, you just stay in that group. If you finish third, you get relegated. So then the B group, if you finish top of that, you get promoted. So it's quite a good thing what they've worked out. And I was looking at the uh, I was looking at the England Croatia match and how it how it was panning out was if England win the match, they finish top of the group and they go into the um, they go into the semi-final stages. If they lose, they will finish bottom of the group and get relegated. If they drew nil-nil, they would finish second. Croatia would finish top and be in the semi-finals. Um, so also, if they won, if they beat Croatia, Croatia would get relegated. Spain finish second. But if they drew, yeah, if they drew nil-nil, they finish second. But if they drew any other um, score uh, as a draw, so one all, two all, three all, whatever, they would also be relegated. And it was like, it was such a crazy one. And and what else on top of that, um, what kind of added a bit of spice to it was the fact that England were knocked out of the World Cup by Croatia, uh, which, you know, it's hard for an England fan because we're all, you know, we didn't, we don't expect as much now, or we haven't at least for a, for a couple of years because, you know, we didn't seem to be progressing. There was a time where we had a team where we thought, you know, we can really do this. We could win the Euros. We could really give us, you know, put put ourselves out there in the World Cup and at least get into the semi-finals. And it's just not transpired. It's not happened for us. Um, and I'm talking about the golden era when we had players like Gerrard, Lampard, Beckham, you know, players like that in the same team. Your Rooney's, your Michael Owen, you know, you, you looked at the team, the team sheet. And you're thinking, this team is killer. We can beat anybody. The defence we had, you know, we had our left-backs like Ashley Cole at the time was amazing. You know, and there was... The best one, I think, was when we got knocked out against Portugal in the Euros 2000. And I'm not even going to guess that. Is it six? I don't know. I may be way out. Um, but, yeah, I think that was kind of the best chance we had. Um, and we got beat by Portugal there. And, and I think that was in the quarterfinals, maybe semi-finals. Think quarterfinals, yeah. We haven't reached a semi-final or anything like that for quite a while. Um, so we wasn't expecting much. And Gareth Southgate's come along, he's took over the team. And what I really like about Gareth Southgate is he he's not just gone out there and says, right, we need to keep playing all these superstars. We need to keep playing these big household names. He dropped the likes of Wayne Rooney. Um, you know, Wayne Rooney was getting a little bit older anyway, but I'm sure he would have happily stayed in an international football. Now, when I say he dropped him, there was a, a kind of a press conference where Rooney said that he's going to stand down as a captain, but he never said that he was he was leaving. Uh, when he did sort of not play, I think the out of respect made it out to be his decision, but in, in reality, it was down to the fact that Gareth Southgate wasn't going to pick him and he wanted to play a lot of the youth, which is great because the youth now that are coming through and being a football manager myself and the things I've seen on the way that FA are bringing the youth through, they're, they're making our kids like more aggressive players, more confident with a ball at their feet. You know, really, it's a hard one because when you when you're at the age group, what I've got, my under eights, if I just give a kid a ball and just tell him to keep, you know, running with that ball and dribble and do as much as you can, you're always going to get complaints about the fact that that kid isn't passing. But when he goes into the academies and stuff, that's what they teach him. And that's what the FA are teaching because they're saying that, you know, we've all got a player. Majority of teams have got that like, one player who's really good. We've got really good feet, really good dribbling. Um, 
and it's like, that's great. Um, but what if you had 10 players that had that same same style, that same skill? The passing and stuff, what everybody's looking for and expecting now, because everybody's looking at teams like Spain and the way they pass around the ball and stuff. All that can come later. You can learn to pass a ball at any age. Whereas confidence and basically ball mastery, mastering that ball and, and knowing what, if you hit it with this part of your foot or if you use your sole of your foot to do this and you drag the ball back or whatever, knowing exactly what these parts of your feet or your knees or whatever it is, how how the ball responds to where you hit it in certain positions with different parts of your body, that is invaluable now. To, to know that at a young age um, is, is invaluable because kids at this sort of age, the sponges, um, and they just soak, soak everything in so easily. And that's that's the reason why the FA are sort of pushing for them to be aggressive with the ball, like putting them in these tight spots, making a square and say, right, you're going into that corner. You've got it's a one on one situation. You've got to work your way out of this situation and your back's against the player that's behind you trying to get the ball. You're stood right in the corner. And they've got to find a way to turn and get past the player again. Um, it's quite a tough challenge for them. You know, and it's not always nice to see as well because, um, you know, there's always some one player that's a bit better than the other one. Um, but it, it gives them confidence, you know, as long as you kind of try and match him up and make it so it's a fair matchup between the two kids, um, it, it does work in their favour in the end because then when they come into match day and they're dealing with these real-life situations in a match, they don't panic. There's a lot of panic there. There's a lot of fear in, oh, I'm going to lose the ball here. I have to pass it. The confidence is high and they know that they can dribble past players. They know how good they are with the ball at their feet. And that's what they're, they're doing now with these young kids in the FA. Uh, that's what the FA are really pushing. As I say, the passing and the shooting, that stuff can come later on. It doesn't really matter. So Gareth Southgate is obviously a big part of it. He's come through from the under-21s under and stuff like that. So he... He's seen all that. He knows how they've been training. And he's, he's come to the, the, um, the England team now. And, you know, the seniors, let's call them. Um, and, you know, he's put together a load of young players who they just seem to be very positive. They're, they're happy. They're just... All the time when you see them, they just look like a, a group of friends having a good time when you see them training and stuff like that. It's a very good atmosphere that they're in. And you can see they're all playing for each other. When they're, they're wearing that England badge with pride, they're really playing for, the, for the, their, them, themselves, their team and their country. Um, and it's amazing to see. And Gareth Southgate has done an amazing job by not bowing to any sort of pressure to play these bigger names. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the guys that we have, we have got big names in there. We've got... Um, but their big names are still young players, still developing themselves. But as well... You see him tucking a few even younger players into the mix, the, the, the players that aren't really in, in the in the spotlight at the minute, but they will be. Um, he's, doing, he's doing a great job. So the fact that we lost that game against Croatia as well, we got knocked out of the World Cup, um, that, that added spice to this game. 0-0 at half-time. England went 1-0 down in the second half. Didn't deserve it. They were playing amazing, but they just couldn't find the net. Um... And eventually, in the last sort of 15 minutes, I'd say it was, I can't remember off the top of my head now, but England grabbed a goal back. 
through Jesse Lingard, a great young player. Um, and then right at the end of the game, Harry Kane pops up. 2-1, won the game for us. Relegated Croatia and put England into the semi-finals. Amazing. It was a brilliant match to, to watch. It just meant so much more because of the fact that Croatia had already knocked us out. It was, um, you know, you could see it. It wasn't like any any friendly. So these matches, when they were doing them and they were friendlies, that would have been, you know, score a goal. Yeah, they're going to celebrate. It's good to win. But they were celebrating like they'd actually won something meaningful. And they had. They won themselves a place in the semi-finals of this. And I'd love for England to be the first team to go and win this. Uh, I hope we go on and, and we can we can get past the next two teams that, that stand in the way. But, you know, it's just a great thing. And I know, all, you know, all this came from me just talking about, um, you know, the, the young lads and they're, and they're working hard. So that match there, how good that match was, how well they all played and what it meant to them, of course they're going to want to let their hair down. Do you know what I mean? They are adults, they're adults. They, they haven't had that childhood where they've, you know, gone out with the mates and done all the silly things what we've done, drinking on the park and that kind of stuff. No, they've been very strict all their lives and they've dedicated themselves to football to get themselves into the position that they're in. Give them a break, man. So what if there's a bit of an issue and they've had to come down and argue with the, the person on, on the reception desk at five o'clock in the morning because something's happened? I mean, you don't even know what the situation is. You couldn't tell what, what was being said. Um... For all you, you know, there could have been some idiot running up and down the corridors, keeping them awake. Do you know what I mean? I've had that in, I've had that in hotels myself. Um, maybe somebody no, realised what rooms are in and they've started banging on the doors. We don't know what the situation was. Either way, give them a break. Don't get your phone out and start recording it because whoever it is that's done that, um, I'm sure there's been times in their lives where they've had situations that. Um, you know, they've not been the nicest of people and they've had arguments with people or whatever it is. Um, there's there's a lot of things that I've done in the past that I wouldn't be proud of that if somebody put on camera and showed to, to my friends, I'd, uh, you know, I kind of had to hang my head in shame. Uh, but fortunately, I'm not in the spotlight. I'm not, um, you know, being followed by the media and things like that. So that wouldn't happen to me. But that only happens to them guys because they play for a football team. I just find it all a bit pathetic. I say just leave them alone. So politics to football. This podcast is gone. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I love. This is what I like about doing this podcast. And it's not always easy to sit here on this commute and sort of talk about something for a long period of time without having somebody on. So that's why you kind of get this diversity. That's why you get me going around in a whole circle, starting from one thing, leading me on to something in a totally opposite direction. Um, but what I was saying about the podcasts I enjoy happen to be the ones where the kind of interview styled ones. So when I did this, I was a little bit nervous to first do it. Obviously, now you could probably gauge that I'm getting a little bit more confident with it. And that confidence comes from um, well, experience, um, just just been doing it and, and sort of enjoying doing it and thinking to myself, do you know what? That podcast wasn't too bad because I know the first couple I was like, oh. I cannot listen to my own voice. It's horrible. Um, but then I've spoken to people and they say, no, nah, I always think the same about my voice. So obviously it hasn't deterred people because I'm coming up to 3,000 listens on these podcasts now. Over 14 episodes isn't, isn't bad at all for saying that I don't put any 
um, advertising. I don't, I don't advertise this on social media or I don't really put my podcast out there. It's been very organic the way that I've got my listeners. So thank you for that. I appreciate everybody that's tuned in. But as I say, so with me, it was like, I was kind of skeptical of how many people would listen because you're just listening to me talking to you and I'm having to keep the sort of conversation flowing. There's nothing coming back. So I've always enjoyed, you know, I've done a couple of sort of interview style podcasts now. I enjoy that because I get to sit back a little bit and and let them give me their point of views and I can just wait and listen and appreciate what they're saying and then just come in when need be and maybe chuck another question out to them or something. Um, And they're the kind of podcast that I like listening to. So as I say, you look at the the Joe Rogan experience, all of his podcasts, um, he sat with somebody talking about something, whether it be martial arts or whether it be something totally out there, anything to do with artificial intelligence or there's just so many different types of things. He'd talk some sort of politics and he has that many different people and he show very, very diverse and, and it keeps you entertained. Um, like I said about the, the uh, Peter Crouch one. Yeah, it's Peter Crouch, but he has guys prompting me. He has a bit of a banter with the two guys, one, one being Chris Stark. I can't remember the other guy now. Um, Chris Stark from BBC Radio 1. So, there's a lot of back and forth and you get the banter that way, which is great. And picking up on this and, and the football thing, I have a guest in mind that I would really like to do a podcast with. And there's potential that I can get him on. And I don't want to even give you too much of a clue about him, but I've said football and I've said a guest. And that's all I'm going to say. If I can make this happen, it'll be amazing. For me personally, I think it will be um, the best podcast that I can possibly put out just because of the calibre of the person and the stories, like I said, the, the, the stories in football, the stories in sports are brilliant. I mean, as a as an example, now if you're in the UK and you watch I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Harry Redknapp, very famous football manager, father of Jamie Redknapp, um, obviously very famous for his, his days at Liverpool and Southampton, well, yeah, Harry Redknapp's in, in this uh, celebrity jungle now. And he's just full of stories. And all the stories that comes out with all relate back to his football days, his managerial days and stuff like that. And they're brilliant, brilliant stories. And I've heard, I've heard other footballers, you know, after they've retired, talk about certain stories. And they always give me a little bit of a giggle. And, and the, just the insight, you don't get close enough. You know what I mean? You do not get close enough to them. Because of like the things I was just saying about the way that people um, expect them to sort of be in, in the public eye. They, ex- they expect them that they've got to be super professional and they can't, you know, it's as if these, these guys can't have a life. They can't have a laugh and a joke, but they're normal people. So I think a lot of the stuff that you don't hear until after they retire is, is, just, is just kept in a, in a sort of inner circle and then it can't be released because we might get in trouble. The media will get hold of this and they'll scrutinise us in any way possible. So, yeah, when the stories do come out, they're brilliant. It is great to hear. And that is why I want to get this guy on this podcast. And as I've said, um, there is a good chance I can get him on. I've got good contacts and, and, it, and it may well happen. So stay tuned for that. And I'm not going to say, I'm not even going to say his name, who he is, what he's about, because... I don't want to disappoint anyone. 
But if I get confirmation um, over the next few podcasts, then I will I will sort of put that out there and let you know exactly who it is and, and what we're going to be doing, when we're going to be doing it. I'd imagine it'll probably be in the new year because coming up to Christmas, uh, people get very busy. So I'd imagine if this does happen, it'll be in the new year. But stay tuned and I will talk about it more um, once I have com- confirmation of that. Um, but yeah. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. I just wanted to catch up with you guys again. Another random, um, hopefully, um, I don't know, fun, informative, let's say. Um, On my part, I I suppose, you know, for me, it's not very informative on this one. I get information and I get excited by having people on and listening to what they've got to say. But maybe I've, I've passed something on to you that you didn't know about me or, you know, my thoughts have kind of struck a chord with you somewhere and you thought, actually, yeah, you know what? That's pretty much uh, bang on with that. That's how I feel. Or I didn't look at it that way. You know, I'd like you to be open-minded with stuff. Um, as I say, every, nothing that I say is is a fact or everything is just what I feel. And I don't expect anything that I say to, you know, you guys have to follow. But I'd love it if you could keep up with the positivity with the training and things like that I just think that's a great thing to to have in your life and and be be part of and take forward with you because it's like today I've done my exercise I did it yesterday morning I've done it this morning the burn classes the great the really high intensity the you know my legs are absolutely burning for the last two days because they've been very very much orientated around the legs there have been a lot of squats and lunges and things like that with weights as well um we're really getting pushed now this is this Christmas push to kind of looking at, let's make sure we can really hit this gym hard and do these, do these classes hard so that when it comes to Christmas, we can overindulge a little bit, you know, and not feel bad about it. Because it's going to happen, guys, you know, Christmas, let's face it, that's what we do. But anything, um, any of you guys, you, you listen to me, you want to see, I'm starting, I'm starting to post a little bit more on my Instagram account now, which is Rojogan Podcast. Um, so just Rojogan podcast on Instagram. Um, you can see a couple of pictures of, of, of things that, you know, to do with the podcast that I've put out there. I'm starting to put little bits about the gym and, and stuff. And maybe I'll post a little picture today of this coffee that I picked up this morning, seeing as it's been part of the podcast, seeing if you've had the little journey with me through the McDonald's drive through to pick this coffee up. I may just post this and this will be podcast 15's post for uh, Instagram. If you want to email me, I really appreciate that. I want your feedback. I don't care if it's negative. If you feel like I've sort of gone off the boil in any way or you was enjoying the podcast for a certain reason and then now I'm not kind of picking up on those kinds of things, maybe you think that I'm going too much down the, the line of the positivity thing and the training and you want me to be a bit more diverse and dive back into the other side of things that I've been talking about, um, UFC and boxing anything let me know because without your feedback i can't make this i can't improve this podcast i'm just doing my drive and just talking um and what comes out goes out that's uh my old uh, catchphrase there what i made up over the first couple of podcasts it's just whatever i say i publish and that's it i don't sit down and doing any editing and taking things out and i see a lot of these podcast setups which are marvelous you know unbelievable some of the stuff that i've seen the way the setups are and you guys that are doing that and on a professional level, that's amazing. Um, but me, I've just got my AirPods in. 
I do have a little mic, a cheap mic that I bought for when I do my sort of interview style ones. But this kind of original themed of my podcast is just me in my van, AirPods on, and I'm driving to a job. Um, but yeah, I'd just love your feedback. Let me know what you enjoy, what you, you know, what you like, what you dislike. Any any sort of feedback, whether it's negative or positive, it doesn't matter because for me it's all positive. It helps me be better. It helps me sort of find my audience. Um, and I look at it and I think maybe using a catchy sort of um, name for a podcast. When I when I put a, a catchy name that if or if I put something that when I use positivity and things like that, that seems to be getting a lot of plays. Maybe I've got people that are staying on throughout from the, they've been here with me from the start and they're just listening because they listen anyway. But I think the new people that are coming on board, they need to be something needs to catch the eye. So I need to make a sort of catchy um, title for the podcast, uh, something that people will look at and go, oh, that sounds good. Um, I think that's a lot of the reason why the, the positive one does good. I mean, I've got I've actually done quite well on the uh, boxing in UFC. I wasn't too sure how that one would go down because I don't know how many people that listen are fight fans and stuff. But that seemed to uh, that seemed to have gone very well. I've got quite a lot of listens on that one, so I appreciate that. But yeah, just get in touch. Uh, my email is rojoganpodcast at mail dot com. If you are listening on um, Apple Podcasts, uh, give me a subscribe. If you're on Spotify, share it. Give me a like or whatever it is that on the platform. I'm on so many different platforms. There's so many different ways that you can share, like, uh, subscribe and things like that. Please, I mean, like I say, especially with Apple Podcasts because that's that's where I use, um, that's, that's who I use to listen to my podcast through. Um, if you subscribe or if you just give me a review on there, It'd be lovely if you could give me a nice review, but do you know what? If you if you don't want to, if you have to say something negative, if that's you being open-minded and um, what's the correct word? Um, honest, really. Um, I don't mind. Stick it on there. Let me know how you feel. Right, guys. That's me again. I've arrived at my job. Have a great day. Um, positive mental attitude. Let's kick today in the ass. And come back strong, even stronger tomorrow. Take care. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I appreciate all your support and kind words. Um, I never imagined that the podcast would gain the amount of downloads in a short space of time that it has. Now, for 2019, I want to go bigger and better. I want to focus time and energy into the podcast and really put out some great content. I'm looking to invest in some better recording equipment and pull in some interesting and inspirational guests with amazing stories. To achieve this, I've set up a PayPal Me link, which you can find in the bio. The link is paypal.me forward slash podcast. I'd rather do this than um, put advertisements and sponsorships into the podcast and just kind of bog it down and, and make you guys have to listen to stuff that you're not really wanting to listen to so if you're a fan of the show and you want to show support then please feel free to give as little or as much as you'd like once again i really appreciate your support it's been amazing thank you